Welcome in to the newest episode of the Hoth Hangout podcast. We're glad to have you here with us, joining us for episode 65 of the pod. And in today's episode, we are going to be talking all things Darth Plagueis, uh, as according to the novel that both Joey and I read. So we're going to get into some discussions about the book. But before we get into any of that, uh, of course, if you have not checked out the Hoth Hangout channel on YouTube, definitely head over there and check us out and subscribe. Thank you to all 370 of you who are subscribed uh, over on YouTube. Check out the video version of every podcast there, as well as, as, well as our reactions to all new Star Wars shows uh, when they do come out. Additionally, we are reachable via email at hothhangout at gmail.com. If you have any thoughts or questions, Star Wars related or otherwise, feel free to send those our way. And we'd love to share them here on the pod as well. The audio version of the Hoth Hangout podcast is findable anywhere you get your pods, including Apple and Spotify. And if you're listening on any of those platforms, feel free to leave us a five-star review as well. Uh, we would very much appreciate it. And it does also allow the podcast to be discovered by more people too. Additionally, Hoth Hangout is reachable on the socials, whether it be Instagram, TikTok, or X. You can find us on each of those platforms. Once again, that's at Hoth Hangout. And again, today's topic, we are covering the Darth Plagueis Legends novel as written by James Lucino. Uh, so the question we would like to pose to you today as a little bit of a teaser is, do you have a favorite Star Wars book? Have you read any? And if so, which one is your favorite? Um, that'll be part of our topic of conversation today. But before we get into that, Joey, what's going on? How you doing? I'm cold, man. Um, it's a, uh, it's uh, it's appropriate that we are named the Hoth Hangout because I think we're both pretty pretty cold and pretty frozen over the past couple of days. It was a real feel like negative thirty degrees Fahrenheit over the past couple of days. So it's been it's been a cold one. In fact, we had to uh, stop recording for a little bit because I had to uh, address some uh, power issues here at the house. But now we're good. But I think the um. I think it's going to be a fun episode. We uh, Gibbo is unable to join us today, so I am definitely shooting for over an hour for today's discussion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, throwback to one of the really old episodes where Joey and I would basically just like sit and and talk and talk, and then when it hit like the ninety minute mark, we were like, "Oh, we should probably like <laughs> probably be done now." I guess. Uh, no, I I don't know. I think today we'll you know, we might hit right around that hour mark. We'll we'll see, but. Um, if anything, the news and the polls, the information we want to share about each of those will probably propel us into that uh, around that hour mark. But oh, by the way, in regards to the cold weather, too, I spent the majority of this weekend with people from <clears throat> from, uh, you know, areas more southern in the United States than I oh, am. OK. And so the place where we were did get down into the negatives at one point. Uh, and for most of them, like 40 is cold. Oh, and so it was like. <laughs> Oh, you only brought a sweatshirt. Mm, you're gonna regret that decision. No, no gloves. Eey, I feel bad. Yikes. Well, they, they did they keep all their fingers and toes then? No, no fingers and toes were lost, thankfully, over the weekend. So we we made it out unscathed. Good for that. Yeah, uh, pr pretty cold front hitting uh, many parts of the United States, and uh, it's been a chilly week, nonetheless to say. Uh, but like you mentioned, as appropriate named, this is Hoth Hangout. So if you're uh, in the midst of that cold weather, uh, thanks for being here with us as we are also <laughs> a part of the, the Hoth environment uh, here on this podcast. So a couple small pieces of news we wanted to share. Actually, these are relatively big pieces, I would argue. 
um, before we get into our discussion of Darth Plagueis. The first of which, and probably the biggest piece of news we've received in a while uh, in the Star Wars universe, is that we have officially uh, received confirmation that the second season of Ahsoka is fully in development. Uh, and this was, I believe, posted on X or Twitter, uh, whatever it is now, X, uh, by the official Star Wars Twitter handle. And the caption, of course, with this simply said, the story continues, Ahsoka Season 2 is now in development with Dave Filoni. And if you are watching the video version of the podcast, there's this really cool um, hand-sketched image with it, who looks to be Ahsoka and maybe Balin on the edge of the hand of the father or who I was, would who would I was reading it I was reading is? it was Ahsoka and Sabine it does it's like so hard to tell who that other yeah. character is you're saying yeah, Ahsoka's being... Ahsoka's in the front right that's who you're oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. and then the one on the yeah. finger yeah, yeah I don't remember in the background does yeah I don't remember like Sabine. Sabine yeah Sabine has more of the uh that shorter cape or Ezra Ezra maybe oh and Ezra yeah 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 well he doesn't even have the you know we can't see his sparkling blue eyes from here so um, we, can, we <laughs> yeah. can't we can't make for certain yeah, but the other notable point about the image is that they're standing on the hand of the the father, one of the Mortis gods, who we saw Balin standing on in the last scene of, or one of the last scenes of season one. So um, the story continues. Development of Ahsoka season two is officially underway. I don't think this is really a surprise to anyone, considering I think the show was pretty successful uh, in the grand scheme of Star Wars shows. So official confirmation in what we all thought would likely be happening anyways, but it's just exciting to sort of see this uh, first piece of concept art nonetheless. Do you have any expectations, uh, not to go too off of our topic mm -hmm. today, but any expectations in regards to um, not so much the Thrawn stuff, but specifically the Balin and uh, Mortis God stuff? Man, I'm I'm really curious of how they're going to approach that now. Now that uh, Ray Stevenson's passing, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what they're gonna do. I, 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 I had really high hopes. I was thinking if you know he had he hadn't had passed, how this all would have been just really exciting, and you know, so of course now the real world we do have to think about. Well, how are how are, are they going to continue that story? Mm -hmm. Will they continue that story? Will they recast that character? You know, so there's a there's a lot of questions up in the air, and like you said, season two was inevitable, but. Um, how long has it been since we the finale? It it does not seem like that long ago, but it probably has been a few months. Yeah, gosh, four months. I want to say. I mean, I could just check our our YouTube channel real quick and give you kind of a a general idea. No, I guess it's been only about three months. Mm -hmm. But yeah, over over three months time since the end of season one, and I will say the something that this image does make me excited about is that it almost recognizes that they're not just going to abandon the Mortis God storyline, sure. I think. It's not just going to be like, oh, well, this was what we were going with Balin, and now that we can't do the Balin storyline story line the way we wanted to, we're just going to scrap the whole thing. At least there's going to be some acknowledgement, or or maybe they'll just keep going with the story the mm -hmm. way it was going uh, in Season 2. So, uh, so that's exciting, I guess, in that kind of whatever Balin was building towards, I don't think they're just going to abandon it in the... Mm -hmm in the plot of the second season. Do you think they they would do anything like how they did with Leia in Rise of Skywalker? With I um, I, I don't know. I yeah. highly doubt it. Yeah. If if anything, they might do something like they've done with young Luke. Mm -hmm. But also you have to think about like this is an actor who's just passed away 
I feel like it would be a little uh insensitive <laughs> yeah insensitive to like put his face on another actor so, so if i had to mm -hmm. right if i had to guess they'll either use scrapped footage from season one and put him minimally in this season um or there's i guess three options that would be option one option two is that we just don't see him at all and he's alluded mm -hmm. to throughout the season i guess they could do um option three is that they recast the character and i'm honestly not sure what they're gonna do amongst those what would you options. prefer i think for the sake of a great story i think the third option makes yeah. the most sense um yes it'll be weird because it'll be a different actor but i think you just kind of have to acknowledge that like obviously with the actor's untimely passing like that's not the outcome any of us wanted to have someone else playing the role but like obviously that's kind of the world we live in and so right i, I just i prefer that as to the character just kind of going away you know um but i don't that's that's me personally how do you feel about it yeah i'd for the sake of the story i would go with the third one as well where uh they recast the character because you and i both and i think a lot of people really really enjoy the character and mm -hmm. I have a feeling they 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 recognize that, and they don't want to just throw, be a throwaway character. I think they'll invest time, money into recasting someone else, and continue on with the story. But I guess we'll we'll see. Yeah, and I would you know I think it's safe to assume that if they do choose to recast, like the person who plays the role is probably they're probably going to make him look very similar to Ray Stevenson's portrayal mm -hmm. of it. I would imagine so. Um. Anyways, yeah. So uh, all, all that to say, Ahsoka season two is officially confirmed. Um, I hope we get this in 2025. I'd be pretty disappointed if it's not in 2025. Mm -hmm. But we'll see. I I don't know. It, that seems like a likely timeline, right? I think so. I mean, yeah. They they know they gotta they gotta do work on this one pretty quickly, and yeah. it really depends on. I'm not saying that Acolyte or Skeleton Crew are going to be really weak, but in comparison to Ahsoka, you know, in comparison to a Mandalorian or an Andor, you know, you're going to have to come, you know, definitely come back pretty quick, you know, and have a lot of uh, have a lot of Ahsoka coming up. So I, I I wouldn't be surprised. I really hope that's what they're going to, going to do as well. Yeah, yeah, me too. And anyone listening, let us know what your thoughts are on the character of Balin you think they should go about it um but anyways we've, we've spent i guess a good deal of time talking <laughs> about the second season of ahsoka um we do have one other piece of news we want to share now this one is is i don't know how to feel about this mm -hmm. um so there is a rumor speculating that there might be a star wars what if series and i guess if you're not familiar with this um there already is a marvel what if series Marvel and Star Wars both, of course, being owned by the parent company of Disney. And I think I read the article correctly. There was even talk at one time of there being like a Marvel Star Wars crossover, which I would have been so out on personally. <laughs> like, I love Star Wars and I like Marvel, but I, I don't really have a desire to have them be in each other's worlds. That's just not something that I think A, works and B, that most people really want that badly. Um, I, I think there'd be way more likelihood to kind of mess something up if they decide to do that. Of course, this is a what if story potentially. So, you know, it, it's 
I think the caveat to a what if story is kind of the same way that we as Star Wars fans feel about Star Wars visions, for example, or or maybe, you know, retroactively the way we feel about Star Wars legends in that it doesn't obviously impact the canon of the story right. or, or the way we view the overall narrative of the main plot of what Star Wars is. But it's also like, you know, it's exciting to speculate about these things and, and um, it's something that I would I would like to see, but kind of just as its standalone Star Wars thing, not necessarily as a as a Marvel thing. I don't even know if this is something that would work. What, what do you What do you think? I think it'd be a, a fun little thing, a fun little project. I think I think we should let some fans do this. You know, <laughs> we've seen what they could do with uh, the Clone Wars. So I think the I think this could be. I mean, but to be honest, if they could develop some cool like what if situations, like what if. You know, what if Padme did make it, you know, and what it, you know, so I think there's a lot of those discussions we've had through the fandom, like these types of what if situations to have them kind of fleshed out, I think would be pretty cool. I mean, the the photos that we, the photo we have here on the video version of the podcast, we have, you know, obviously Anakin and the Vader suit, but then we also have uh, Obi-Wan and looks like an Imperial officer suit. And I guess... What is is Ahsoka uh, uh, like an like inquisitor, an inquisitor or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's going all over the place. So you know, I think it would be fun to to see. I mean, if you the the thing is with the Marvel universe is that there is already an established uh, established multiverse, right? That's kind mm-hmm. of that's kind of their their whole thing. In Star Wars, there isn't really, unless you call the world between worlds that type of thing. I don't know if you necessarily call that a multiverse, but it's a uh, along the same lines as it. So as long as we say what if is going to be, just like you said, something like Visions, where there's no constraints, there's nothing really affecting canon, it purely is a, you know, this is fan fan service. Like, yeah, you know, we've heard you guys. We've heard the conversations. Yeah, let's just make a story, a fun little story about how, uh, you know, I don't know, how um, Wado is now a Jedi or something, you know, <laughs> or, you know, just, just random little things like that. I think it would be fine, you know, but... Um, so I, I don't really put too much emphasis either way on whether I really want or don't want this. I mean, we'd watch it. Let's be honest. We'd watch it if it came out and we would like some things, we wouldn't like some things, but at the end of it, it wouldn't really matter because again, not, not hitting anything canon. Yeah. I think the two things that immediately came to mind, maybe even three, I think people might be frustrated with the last of these three I'm about to say. Um, if I were to get a what if series, I would love to see... Um, like, what if Anakin went with Obi Wan before the Battle of Mustafar? I would love to see. Um, what if Dooku never betrayed the Jedi Order? Mm. And I would love to see what if Luke had turned to the dark side when oh. the Emperor like called him over. I those like are, it. Those are three big ones for me. That I, if we get a what if series, I wanna I wanna see at least one of those addressed. Yeah, yeah. We need a we need a Star Wars poll to uh to uh. They need to poll the fans to see what what, what which what ifs they want. We want. Oh, that'd be fun. That's like, have you ever heard that that story about how the fate of Robin was de- decided in the Batman comics? Mm-mm. They pulled the fans. The Joker kidnapped Robin, and then between that uh, that issue and the next issue, they sent this like this was back when obviously the internet didn't exist, so people had to like write in their choice for the poll. Of course, it only got like I don't know six thousand votes or something, because everyone had to like write it and then mail it back to the company. Right. 
Uh, and so the vote was like 51% for Robin to die and 49% wow. for Robin to live. <laughs> it was that close? So, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, That's so crazy. the fans got to decide. Anyways, this could be something like that where the fans get to you know, decide the outcome I'm, of uh, what happens. I'm going to guess it's going to be more than 6,000 votes, though. Yeah, yeah. That's like the In first the 15 the minutes. Internet, I would hope so. <laughs> oh, yeah, or maybe the first 30 seconds, even, something like that. <laughs> right. But anyways, a potential Star Wars What If series. Uh, nothing confirmed yet, but just being rumored. I think it'd be fun, but of course... Um, that remains to be seen if this will ever actually come to fruition or not. And until then, we uh, we set our sights forward and see if we'll get it someday. One of the last things we wanted to touch on before we dive into our discussion of Darth Plagueis uh, is a couple viewer comments we wanted to showcase, as well as the responses to a few of the polls we posted last week uh, regarding people's favorite animated Star Wars series. The first comment we have this week is featured from last week's video, um, Spy on Sports writes, Lego, Freemaker Adventures, actually my favorite animated Star Wars series, which included uh, one of my favorite Star Wars droids, R0GR. I hope I'm saying the droid name right. Um, it's funny because you mentioned mm -hmm. in our episode last week about animated Star Wars that we had that we didn't include any of the Lego stuff because <laughs> I think you and I, I, maybe you've seen more than me. I've only seen the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but my Lego Star Wars experience is relatively limited. So maybe this is another one I've got to add to the list to watch. Right. And this was the one that I was struggling to remember. It was the Freemaker Adventures that, uh, I, I actually had seen a couple of episodes of this and I can't tell you that I did or did not like it. I think it, it just, I just happened to watch a couple episodes and just never continued. So this may be, uh, I may have to go watch this now, uh, because of Spy on Sports. Nice. Lego Freemaker Adventures. Check it out on a Disney Plus near you. Uh, thank you to Spy on Sports for our first comment. Our second one was from Lord Galvatron, who says, uh, the in response to the question of the day, I've already talked about it in the comments sections of plenty of your other videos, but I'll put it in the comments section too. Uh, in this comments section too. Clone Wars is my favorite Disney-era Star Wars animated series for all the reasons you both mentioned, but also because of the Siege of Mandalore. That arc to me is some of the best Star Wars is some of the best Star Wars has to offer, animated or live action. I know me saying this is like hearing a broken record at this point, but I'll die before I stop worshiping <laughs> the Siege of Mandalore. Hey, the, the Siege of Mandalore, that is some top-notch Star Wars mm -hmm. content. Uh, I can't disagree with you on that. I also love the Clone Wars. Um, I have no qualms with this comment from, from Lord Galvatron. Absolutely. And I, you know, I wonder if... You, what, what if we ever got a live action version of that? I think that would be pretty sweet. Oh, that'd be amazing. I, I would be so down for that. Just I, I don't think they'll ever do it because the era of the Clone Wars is already so fleshed out. Yeah. And there's so many other eras that I think are going to take primacy in terms of storytelling moving forward. But man, if if I would uh, if I could get the Siege of Mandalore in live action, that'd be one of my first. Picks too, so. <laughs> no doubt. Um, thank you again to Lord Galvatron for that comment. The our third and final comment comment is from our wonderful Aunt Vesuvi who says, thanks to Ben, Joey, and Gibbo, I'm thrilled we're getting a second season of Ahsoka. The Jaren Grogu movie should be fun. It'll be interesting to see how many people will pay for a ticket and haul themselves to a cinema for it. I surely will. Congratulations for finally starting Resistance, Ben. As I advised <laughs> you before, as is the only consistently goofy one, the rest of the characters are just as grounded or grow to be as any other show. Accept and forgive his clumsiness. Pay attention to his relationships. 
By episode six, she'll be in the groove. Star Wars animation. I'm so glad these titles exist and are reaching creative minds. My bronze tier holds Young Jedi Adventures, which I've seen many episode uh, have seen many of to observe design elements. If I were five years old, it would be at the tippity top. Silver tier contains the Clone Wars, Tales of the Jedi, and Visions. Gold tier contains Rebels, Resistance, and the Bad Batch. Uh, so Amvasuvi giving us the tier list there at the end as well. Appreciate you, Amvasuvi. Um, and in regards to Resistance, I, I will say um, I, I do I do enjoy the character of Kaz. I get what you're saying though about him being kind of like a little bit eccentric and goofy, but that's kind of just how the vibe of the show is. And um, I also have no qualms with how Resistance is going for me so far. And as another teaser, uh, Joey and I are going to be doing an episode here in about six weeks or so on Star Wars Resistance. So uh, stay tuned for that as well. Uh, Joey, will you be picking up uh, and hauling yourself to the cinema as Amasuvi says? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that is, uh, <laughs> that is uh, yeah, any type of Star Wars movie I'll be there for, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, opening night, maybe we could. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, so we also had two polls. We posed the same question once on X and the other one on the YouTube community tab. Um, the question was, what is your favorite Star Wars animated series? The On the X side of things, um, the response, or no, excuse me, on the YouTube side of things, the response was very uh, lopsided towards Clone Wars, which received 71% of the vote, followed by Rebels, and then Bad Batch with 9%, Tales of the Jedi with 5 and Resistance with 4 Um, I was surprised that, I guess, Rebels, over, at least on YouTube, was... Uh, was so much lower than Clone Wars. I feel like those two tend to be pretty close. Yeah, I uh, mean, yeah, when you look, when you compare it to the X numbers where Clone Wars was at 48%, Rebels was at 40%, Bad Batch at 11 and and we only have four options on Twitter X. Uh, Tales of the Jedi got 0%, so that's <laughs> absolutely nobody voted for that. But yeah, and it was much closer uh, between Clone, Clone Wars and Rebels on the uh, Twitter X side, so... Kind of surprised that it didn't show also on the YouTube side. Maybe it just shows the uh, who is actually either watching us or who is, um, you know, the, just the general population of Star Wars fans on YouTube. I don't know. I, I wish we had um, some some uh, statistics uh, analysis and analysis here to to understand these numbers a little bit better. But yeah, Clone Wars definitely came on top on both of those though. Either way. YouTube watchers tend to be more uh, Clone Wars centric. Is that what yeah, we're, yeah. I think what we're so, learning yeah. from this? Yeah. Uh, well, anyways, thank you to those of you who did respond to the poll and uh, be on the lookout this week for perhaps a poll going live, uh, likely sometime this weekend. So um, I imagine, the, again, the question of the week once again will be what is your favorite Star Wars book? And we'll, we'll throw some options up there for that as well. So stay tuned for that um, on the YouTube community tab over or, or, or over on Twitter. Um, at Hoth Hangout once again over there. And um, I guess now that we're a whole, I don't know, 22, 23 minutes into this uh, episode, <laughs> I guess we should start our discussion of the book. Um, for those that don't know, next week, as a little bit of a teaser, we're also doing a special episode 66 based uh, almost entirely on the character of Arsidious or Palpatine. Uh, and so we thought a fun precursor to our episode 66 would be a discussion of Palpatine's master, Darth Plagueis, uh, as referenced in the Darth Plagueis novel by James Luceno. 
This book is just over a decade old. In fact, I think it just celebrated its 12th birthday recently. Um, on January 10th, I believe it was. Uh, January 10th, 2012 was the original release date of this book. And um, I guess maybe for those of you who have absolutely zero knowledge of who Darth Plagueis even is, maybe that's a good place to start. Um, the character of Darth Plagueis is canon. However, everything that takes place in this book is technically not. Uh, and so the reason the character is canon, if you'll remember, there's a scene in episode three of Revenge of the Sith where um, Anakin walks into the space. I never even know what that is. It's like a space opera with mm -hmm. like, you know, floating bubble stuff going on. And, uh, you know, he and Palpatine have this long conversation, which eventually, you know, diverges into Palpatine telling him about this Sith Lord who obviously. Palpatine is not, you know, laying his laying his full hand down yet and saying that he is the apprentice of this Sith Lord that he's telling a story about. Um, but the story is about Darth Plagueis. Uh, and so, Joey, to that, I just have one question to ask you. Um, did you ever hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? I have. <laughs> I Now I have. <laughs> And uh, I guess, what were your general thoughts on the mm -hmm. on the story of Darth Plagueis uh, as as you got to read this book? Well, th this was a very, and we talked a little bit as a little bit about this, you know, going into the uh, recording of today's show. This is very politics heavy. Um, mm -hmm. This book is very politics heavy. So, if that's something that you're not really interested in. I'm not ent entirely sure if this book would be for you. Um, I I'll be honest. There were times when I kind of just zoned out and I'm like, I don't <laughs> like this. There's just too much going on. Like I, I understand it lines up a ton of uh, storylines, you know, whether it's with Count Dooku, by the way, very cool that we saw Count Dooku, whether it was him or um, some of the senators from various planets. And I mean, there was, if if the prequels really set you up for anything is is really showing you how important the politics of the Star Wars universe was uh, mm -hmm. going into the original trilogy because you don't really see it at all there you know you see two sides and that's kind of it and uh, same with the 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 sequel trilogy but the prequels really kind of set that up for for everyone now you know I'm I'm thinking about this book. This book came out in 2012, which was what seven years after Revenge of the Sith. Is that does that sound about right? Yes, seven years. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you had kind of had all that time to you know put this together, and I I, I think it's a well written book. Um, that like I said though, with me being you know the the general Star Wars type of lightsabers versus bad versus evil. There was a lot of just talking in this one. <laughs> you know, there was a lot of setting, you know, uh, setting things up for things to come later. And which kind of makes sense because, again, Darth Plagueis is something that happened in, in Palpatine slash Sidious's past, you know. So we had to kind of see that, that where Sidious or where Palpatine kind of grew up through. And there was really big jumps in time eras. There would be like a 10-year jump, a 20-year jump kind of in the middle of this. So part of me kind of got confused of like, well, what should have happened in that time? Because that's, you know, it's quite a significant. Because we're used to seeing like Star Wars movies being a year apart in, in real time, you know. Or mm -hmm. 
um, just months apart or a day apart, you know, and this is like a huge era, you know, of, and I guess maybe in the prequels we saw like, you know, nine, ten jump, uh, year jumps, but those were between movies, not within the same movie, <laughs> you know, so within this book we saw a couple of those. And I, I mean, I thought it was good. There were a couple of, uh, like I said, appearances that I really enjoyed. I like seeing that Dooku was mentioned pretty early. Uh, Darth Maul, or mentioned as Maul, we we kind of saw the the beginning of his journey when Palpatine mm-hmm. kind of picked him up and introduced him, and uh, so that was re- I thought that was really cool. I mean, those those are really cool parts of it. So I'm I'm getting too like deep into it, but I mean, essentially the the over overall story I think was pretty good. It was just really interesting to see Palpatine go from you know not really knowing the power he has all the way up to the end where spoiler alert he ends up you know actually you know uh murdering and killing um Plagueis cuz that's mm. just what you got to do as a, as a Sith you know just feels like that's a that's a that's a requirement so you know so I enjoyed it for for that I can see how um again the politics of it may not be up everyone's alley um I I like I said I I was listening to the audiobook and even and I I tend to it's a lot easier for me to zone out every now and then if I'm not reading it directly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there were times when I'm like, "Oh wow, I I missed the whole five minutes," and I'm not quite sure it really matters because they'll they'll you know it, it may be good for that moment. But um, but yeah, I I thought that I, that's kind of what my you know initial thoughts were about it. What, what about you? Yeah, I guess to to talk about two of the things that you mentioned, the uh, the first one you mentioned I think was kind of the political nature um, of the novel and i mentioned this to you before we started recording i i think there is a pretty sizable contingent of star wars fans who um kind of look at the prequels as saying these are way too politically influenced and politically motivated and like why do we care about trade routes and taxation and you know like how did all of this even get to the point where it is like you know I don't like basically I don't want all these politics in my Star Wars sort of thing. Um to those people I would say um e- either A read this book because it will explain a lot mm-hmm. of the reasons why things are the way they are at the beginning of episode 1 the Phantom Menace. Um if you're wanting more insight and clarification um, to those same people, I might also say, B, maybe don't read it if you really <laughs> don't like politics in your Star Wars. Um, because basically, if you don't like the prequels for their politics, you might not like this book because <laughs> there are oftentimes like three or four pages where it's just like a group of, uh, you know, senators or, you know, high ranking people. Um, with different organizations like the banking clan and and you know just uh where Darth uh, Plagueis who's like civilian name is Hugo Damask who he's just like kind of having these conversations like kind of coercing people to do something with this, there's just extended pages of like how this benefit benefits the uh you know the trade federation versus you know the banking clan and blah 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 so um if you're skeptical of politics in Star Wars, I would say read this. If you outright can't stand it, maybe don't read this. <laughs> um, but yeah, there is a ton of mention of politics. I, I don't 
I actually have never minded um, kind of that, you know, the way that those, uh, that episodes one, two, and three, but particularly episodes one and two kind of lean towards a, a heavy political emphasis. I guess particularly the Phantom Menace. Um, so this just kind of felt really enlightening to me in a way that I, I received a lot of information and background on stuff that I didn't really realize before. Uh, and I'm sure as we're talking, like probably more and more of those things will probably just pop into my head. Um, one of them that I'm going to mention right off the bat uh, is kind of the relationship of the Kaminoans to the original creation of the clones and like how Plagueis and Palpatine and even sifo kind of all fit into that. Speaking of sifo he's That's in cool. this book as well. Yeah. A uh, bit of a shout out for your guy there, sifo Number Number five on my uh, my Jedi list, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so the first thing it, to respond is that um, it is very political, uh, politically heavy in its tone. Um, oh, another thing I was going to mention. I also did not realize that Orn Frita, the Ryloth senator in one of the... Uh, is it a Rebels arc or a Clone Wars arc? Or maybe both. Um, the, the big blue mm-hmm. Twi'lek yes. on, on Ryloth, the senator. He is the one who first nominates Palpatine... Right, to be yes. Supreme Chancellor. I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah. Right. I didn't realize that was the same one. Yeah, wow, yeah, yeah, that makes sense now. Yeah. But anyways, there's just like, there's so many scenes like in the Senate. Anyways, very politically heavy. Uh, the second thing I was going to respond to that you mentioned was also the fact that it can be hard to track sometimes because it take it does take place over such a wide span of years. Um, there's of three parts of this book the first part is very focused on Plagueis uh, and then Palpatine sort of slowly comes into the story as a young uh, like 17 year old sort of uh, kind of rebelling from his parents especially his father and that's kind of the theme of the first third of the book is sort of you know the the uh, the origins of Plagueis and then eventually like the incorporation of uh, Palpatine sort of going uh, under his tutelage, if you will, uh, as, as a very, very young man. And so uh, the middle third of the book is, I guess there, so the first third is from 67 to 65 BBY. The middle third is from 54 to 52 BBY. And then the final third is from 42 to 34 BBY, which if you're like a Star Wars historian, that third one might stand out to you in particular um, because it does take place during the uh, the early events of the Phantom Menace, and in fact, I might have even typed the dates wrong in here. I think it's it might even be forty four to thirty two BBY. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, as I'm looking for the dates, what's important to note is that the final part of the or the final couple years of the third part of this book take place like as the Phantom Menace is going, and so right. for the final like fifty to seventy five pages of the book, it's like as um, you know as Palpatine and Plagueis are talking to each other. Like Qui-Gon Jinn is fighting Maul on Tatooine, mm-hmm. you know? So there's just these cool things that are happen- yeah. happening simultaneously together. But again, it does kind of make the story somewhat hard to track at times because of just the different stages of um, kind of stuff that, that goes mm-hmm. on throughout the story. And and actually, as we look at an image of Plagueis here, if you're watching the video version of the podcast, um, maybe just a quick explanation as to why he has this breathing apparatus on 
there's something that goes on. I believe it's in the second act or maybe really early in the third act of the book um, where he now needs this apparatus on his you know, mouth to breathe. So if you're wondering in this podcast why some images of Plagueis, he has that on and some he doesn't, um, there is something that happens to him that <laughs> makes yeah. him need that at some point in this book. So um, another kind of just brief general you know, overview of the the way the Sith master apprentice relationship works in, in regards to this book, um, the book opens up, which is actually something I'm going to talk about at the end of today's podcast is one of my favorite parts um, of this book. The book opens up the prologue of it is Sidious essentially uh, killing Plagueis, or he has just killed Plagueis in the prologue. Um, and it's kind of just him like reflecting on that. And then the final couple chapters of the book is like witnessing that go down essentially. So um, it connects yeah. it, you know, the beginning to the end in a sense. Um, yeah. The, and, I mean, when that happens, Sidious or Palpatine has a pretty long, <laughs> it, it feels like really drawn out. There's just a lot of things that he has to say to, Oh my gosh. Yeah. To, I, I mean, I, it was, it was like a couple of pages, if I remember correctly. I'm like, wow, he's really laying into into Plagueis here. So that that hate is that hate is real. You listened um, to the audiobook, didn't you? I did. I did. I I felt it even more <laughs> in the audiobook. Right. It was like, oh my gosh, he's just going at him right now. Yeah. I I mean, I I just picture him standing over a dying Plagueis, just just saying all these things to him and. You know, and one thing about this book is that it's not the it's not the good guy story, right? It is mm -hmm. not the it's not the Jedi's, it's not the rebels. These are the you know, some some of the origins of evil of of the Sith. You know, so you kind of have to come to expect some of that, some of that brutal some of that some of those brutal imag imagery that you know maybe you don't normally would get you know in the in the middle of Yavin 4 you know <laughs> the, the these are and you know I want to hear your thoughts on this I mean we can't talk about Plagueis the Wise unless we talk about how he came to understand how to uh save people uh or save right. uh, species out there you know you you think about it you know you you heard that little quick thing in Revenge of the Sith you don't really think about what it would take in order to do something like that, right? Well, <laughs> we come to find out that he has, you know, essentially a lab. I don't know what else you would call it, right? Like a lab of different types of species where he's there. He's basically just keeping these species barely alive, you know, and in, in mm -hmm. some cases, you know, in the case of the one um, dark side user who his, his master Tenebris um, had, uh, had kind of, had sent out, wait, what was it? Oh, no, no, was it? Yeah. Is that so right? It was, it was Tenebris's, yeah. um, yeah. Remind so, me of that part the, of Venomous here. Yeah. So Tenebris, who was the master of Plagueis, mm -hmm. um, the first chapter of this book is kind of like Plagueis, you know, uh, take seizing the moment and, and killing Tenebris. Uh, and so Tenebris had this plan in place where if Plagueis was to ever do that, then these other, you know, assassins that he had uh, trained or employed would come after right. Plagueis. And so one pretty early on in the book, one of them is is Venomous or, or Darth Venomous, I guess, since 
he's not like technically a dark lord, but he's a dark side force user who's wielding right. a lightsaber. Um, but yeah, he's he's like one of the people who Plagueis keeps in the lab and right for how long? Like thirty like thirty years or something? Yeah, right? like basically the whole book because <laughs> right. there's a part like in the second or third to last chapter where it, it says like Plagueis finally like let him die or something. I, I'm like, dang! But he captured him <laughs> in like sixty seven BBY and experimented on him until like thirty two BBY. Right. So he just like had him, you know, I guess that in more than 30 years, he was, you know, cruelly yeah. experimenting on this guy. Anyways, yeah, he had yeah. this weird lab. Yeah, and then, and somehow, even through all of this, they, they, they're able to get kind of a lovable droid in there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. What, what was it, 114D? I think that was the uh, the, the droid's yeah. name. Yeah, Plagueis' and, companion. Yeah, so the, the way he came across 114D is, didn't he... It was early on that he had um, essentially murdered, and it wasn't Tenebris's droid, right? It was just some other. I can't remember the early part of it now that I think about it, but essentially, no, he... the, it was. Uh, it was on the ship with. It was the. It was like in chapter three, I think, with uh, a ship full of other. I don't know if they were bounty hunters or what they were, mm. but the ship he stowed away on, and then he ends up. Oh, spoiler, that's right. Spoiler yes, yes, killing yes, yes. all of them. And so that's right. Yes, I think yes, yes, the yes, droid yes. was on that ship. Yeah, it was on that ship. And then the the, the droid is like, oh, well, now you're my master, <laughs> you know, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, and and it was, it was kind of cute. And there's some irony there, too, because in the very last scene of the book, the droid says the exact same thing to Palpatine. <laughs> that he said right. that, that when Plagueis killed, uh, you know, the other, you know, the group of people who he took the droid from, uh, and he says, you know, I guess you're my master now to Plagueis. <laughs> Like twenty five years later, when Palpatine kills Plagueis, the droid is like, uh, "Well, Palpatine, you're my master now." You know, <laughs> right? No loyalty at all to whoever they originally went to. But yeah, I don't know. Like again, somehow was able to throw in a cute little droid in in all of this in the middle of this madness. Um, but yeah, so you know, kind of going back to Plagueis the Wise, the story. I mean, yeah, they it was a very, very brutal how he came across doing that, and. To me, this is something that I I didn't really follow or get. I kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on this. I mean, it, it it's clear that Palpatine Sidious never really learned that side that like that part of uh, mm. the um of the, the the Sith power to do that. And I don't know, kind of seems like a waste. You know, it, it seemed like that. You know, after all this time now that now that we know this again, this isn't canon or anything like that. But you know, if if it were. I mean, he, he, you know, Plagueis spent all this time, we spent this entire book essentially torturing different species and understanding midichlorians and how to manipulate them in order to kind of bring life um, back. But all of a sudden, you know, this all happens and then now he's just gone and that knowledge just disappears. I, you know, it kind of seems like a waste because, you know, we, we have this moment in revenge of the sith when we we learn about it and of course that's what anakin hears and he wants to learn more about we we i mean we know that palpatine never had that you know had that understood that how to do that process but now now knowing all of this now having read it and been a part of it it just seems like it's kind of cheap that it's just gone now yeah it also so it makes me i think there was a part maybe Oh, I don't know. It was in the third part of the book where um, Plagueis and 
Palpatine are having a conversation about the way that knowledge is passed down through the Sith line. Mm-hmm. And and Plagueis actually explicitly says that written knowledge is kind of um, not what, you know, not what he advises or is almost like abhorred by the Sith because like person to person verbal passing of the information is in their in his mind the most like pure way to pass down that knowledge. So in a sense it it does make sense why he hmm. you know wouldn't have recorded the information down anywhere. But as for like sharing it with Palpatine, I also think every, you know, Sith Lord just kind of has like different I don't know, specialities or interests. Uh, in, in terms of kind of their assuasion to how they use the dark side. Mm-hmm. Like Palpatine, as we learn in this novel, especially is kind of like the smooth talking, well-to-do uh, politician who, right. you know, operates this very double life. You know, one side is Darth Sidious and the other side is this very successful Naboo Senator. Um, whereas, you know, um, uh, Darth Plagueis, while he did operate as Hugo Damask as this like, almost like this executive within the Damask enterprises that he owned um, and was doing stuff behind the scenes as well as, as his civilian name, you kind of see the older he gets, the more and more he becomes fascinated with kind of the midi-chlorians and the interest in cloning, especially kind of like you were, what you were talking about. So I, I do think part of that is that, you know, just that every Sith Lord kind of has a different, Thing that they take an interest in mm-hmm. uh, and, and Plagueis even talks about like with his master Tenebris how they always kind of differed in the way they saw things too so um, yeah I mean it is kind of sad that that information was lost it didn't really seem like Palpatine ever made a strong effort to have Plagueis like he share that information with him I think Palpatine you know to my surprise actually was pretty content for the majority of this book, just kind of being the apprentice of Plagueis. Um, at least it felt that way reading it. And then all of a sudden at the end, it kind of felt like a switch <laughs> right. got flipped. He's right. like, I'm so tired of being your, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if, if it, I feel like that that happened pretty quickly. Yeah. And, and this was my interpretation of it. And correct me if I'm wrong, you know, let me, I want to hear what you have to say about it. But it seemed like, Plagueis was kind of cool just being him and him and Palpatine. You know, oh, yeah. there 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 we there was no need to continue on with you know the rule of two or whatever it was and you know where the the apprentice has to kill the master and you know it it just seemed very much like a partnership. You know, I'm and I get that and especially when it was discussed that Palpatine would end up being the supreme chancellor mm-hmm. and uh, Plagueis would kind of just be kind of in the shadows, kind of co-chancellor, but not really. I'm not, I, you know, I don't know how they would work that on the, I don't know how you work that on the ballot, you know, but, <laughs> um, but essentially, you know, it would be the two of them kind of running the Senate and, you know, being the chancellor there. And, and to me, kind of, when I was listening to all of this, I was like, these are pretty good ideas. You know, like it makes sense, you know, obviously, just like you said, Palpatine was kind of the smooth talker, the face, you know, of it all. And um, Plagueis would have been more of the the puppet master, just, you know, kind of setting things in place. And it seemed like they were really good at it. So when 
it kind of flipped it on its end at the end there where he's just like i will never share this with you or you know the being the chancellor i you know i wouldn't and i don't know i i felt like it was like it would be one thing if throughout the book you saw like frustrations in palpatine and um mm-hmm. kind of growing and growing over time but i i just didn't get that feeling so i was a little bit i was a little confused i understand that that's just kind of the sith way Oh, and and also this, there was a lot of reference to Bane and uh, mm-hmm. Nihilus and other other um, other you know former Sith, former Sith. Part of me felt a little bit lost because obviously this is the first book I've ever read, you know, within Legends or EU. So I mean, obviously I'm gonna like, well now I now I got to read all that, you know. But yeah. but at the, but at the same time, you know, I'm just like, all right, well is there more information that I need to understand in order to understand some of the, the references they're making here? So there may be a little bit of knowledge that I just need to get, but again, the, 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 the arc of Palpatine, it just didn't seem like it made sense to me at the end necessarily, where all of a sudden he's just really, really mad (laughs) at, at Plagueis and he's got to do this. You know, there was never, like an internal dialogue or anything like that with Palpatine in my eyes, where right. it kind of warranted all of all, and you you heard it too, all of that hate, all of that rage, um, over that time. I mean, it it, well, it was kind of funny because at the same time as he was kind of, you know, essentially raging on Plagueis, he was also kind of thanking him here and there too. Like, yeah, you know, you know, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have all this power. But you know what? You know, <laughs> like it just it, that's just kind of what that's. So it kind of didn't make sense to me from that standpoint. Um, but again, I, I I hadn't read all of the other books too, so I don't know if there's something I'm missing along the lines where as you're as you're learning from your master, maybe there's just something more that happens to you that you know that you didn't even expect. Yeah, I think the Bane books are pretty foundational. Mm-hmm. In terms of the information they provide, just to the rest of, uh, particularly Star Wars Legends, but definitely Star Wars just novels as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably say also the Revan books, along with the Darth Bane books. Uh, but in terms of this this book, uh, Darth Plagueis, the the Bane books are important because, you know, for those that don't know, Darth Bane, Darth Bane is the Sith Lord that established the rule of two, because there was so much infighting amongst the old Republic Sith Lords that they all just kind of killed each other off. So Darth Bane establishes, well, there's always going to be one master and one apprentice. I mean, I think the part that people often forget about the rule of two is that it's not just that there's always a master and apprentice. It's just, it's also that the natural cycle of things, uh, you know, posits that the apprentice will eventually usurp the master and take on his own new apprentice. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that is the part of the rule. So when when Plagueis says, I'm doing away with the rule of two, He's not saying there's not going to be, you know, not a master and apprentice. He's saying we're not going to have to do this second part of this, which is that, you know, the apprentice doesn't have to take over the master anymore because in Plagueis' mind, he and Palpatine are just going to live forever. Right. Once he, you know, figures out how to influence right. chlorians to extend his life to become immortal. So, um, you know, obviously Palpatine didn't see things that way. <laughs> right. Um, but I, that's how it kind of all relates to Darth Bane, you know, there, there is almost this, this pride amongst, definitely Plagueis and and I would say Palpatine, Sidious too, um, to to say, you know, we're descended from the line of Bane. You know, we're, we're right, one yeah, of yeah. The, the Darth Bane, uh, 
uh, were of the Darth Bane lineage, so to speak, in that, I, you know, my master was this master whose master was this master whose master. It's almost yeah, like yeah. A, a Sith family tree. You're like <laughs> right, the great, yeah. great grand Sith of Darth Bane. Right. Fear me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so there, there's a little bit of like ancestry to it all in a mm -hmm. way. But, uh, you know, Plagueis' plan to do away with the rule of two, obviously. Right. Didn't, uh, didn't pan out for him <laughs> the way he wanted it to. not? No. And, and the last thing I'll say about midi-chlorians, which I know some people are like, that doesn't exist. Well, sorry, it kind of does, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, they they elaborate on it also a lot on this book. Um, and, and in particularly, you know, it, it's implied in the prequels that um, Anakin was a result, Anakin's birth, or more accurately, his conception, I guess, um, was a result of just the midi-chlorians deeming it so, creating life within the womb of this woman on Tatooine who, you know, there was no father involved in the childbearing, and he just, like, was a byproduct of the Force, essentially. Right. Uh, it's it's heavily implied in the movies, and, and even more heavily implied in the book, um, right. that the reason Anakin exists is because... Darth Plagueis in his experiments using metachlorians to influence life, to learn how to heal, to even create life or control death or, or hinder death or, or do away with it completely. At some point in this process, he accidentally created Anakin. It, mm -hmm. is the, it, it never explicitly says that, uh, but that is the very heavy implication of this book. So, and, and of the movies too. Um, so, that's worth noting if you're curious, like, what was that weird part in The Phantom Menace <laughs> where his mom just said, like, he didn't have a dad? Right. Uh, the implication is that this guy, Darth Plagueis, the master of Darth Sidious, accidentally created Anakin Skywalker. Um, so, kind of just to tie it all together to the movies a little bit more and provide a little bit of context in that right. regard as well. Um, did we touch on Darth Maul very much at all? At, not at all, actually. Okay, I don't even... I don't. I mean, we might have mentioned him, but that was I mean, something yeah, else that, it, yeah. that I briefly wanted to talk about. Just that um, you you see the origin of Maul in this book. Yes, right. Oh, I guess we and did a little bit. Yeah. It's cool because there's a Mother Townsend name drop in here as well. Um, this Night Sister who was fleeing uh, Dathomir brings a one-year-old Maul to Palpatine. And I was a little bit unclear like how she found him, like right. of all the people she could have given this, this one-year-old Dathomirian who's force sensitive, um, maybe she like, you know, had felt in the force or something. I don't know. Um, but Palpatine kind of adopts Maul as a one-year-old and raises him. And I guess raises would be a little bit. Right. Yeah. Not exactly. Uh, raising Train, in a trains him, trains him. Yes. To be an assassin essentially. So, <laughs> Uh, it was kind of cool to see the origin of of Maul in this book as well. Uh, if anyone is is as avid right. a Darth Maul fan as I, um, but I mean, there's so many things we could go into with this book that really provide context to the prequel trilogy, and I, I think that's the important thing I want to get across. It's that this book equally is a um, character study. It, it is as much a character study of Darth Plagueis as it is a you know, laying the baseline and the outline of the pre 
Phantom Menace events. Like it makes Phantom Menace right. make way more sense if you read this book first. Right, right. Um, and and you're not just going into Phantom Menace like, why are they why are they blocking Naboo? Like, what are these trade mm -hmm. routes? Who's the Trade Federation? Why do they not like Naboo? Right, 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 right. Um, all of that information makes way more sense if you read this book first. So, um, anyways, a side note, my last thing, and then I was going to let you kind of give your general summary and thoughts, uh, if you had any more concluding thoughts, um, is that I just like the character of Darth Plagueis. This is a character yeah. that I would love to see in uh, live action. And maybe, let me ask you this. I have a question for you, and for anyone listening too. Will Darth Plagueis, whether in physical form or even in reference, be in the Acolyte. Oh. Well, Acolyte takes place in what? High Republic times, though? Uh, this Acolyte, I think, is only takes 100 years Oh, 100 BBY. years before. Okay, BBY. I'm thinking of... Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. So, that, so it's, it's totally it's on the in table that, era, that we can yeah. see a young Plagueis during uh, the Acolyte. That would be a great addition. Because, I mean, now that I've read this book, although, again, that it wasn't canon, but at, at one point it was considered... I don't know, was it considered canon at one point, or was it always... Yeah. Well, I mean, before Disney bought Star Wars, there mm -hmm. wasn't, as far as I'm aware, there wasn't such thing as Legends novels. Right, yeah. Um, so, for the very brief period of time, between yeah. the publishing of this book and the Disney acquisition, which... I. May probably would have been like less than a year because mm -hmm. if Force Awakens came out in 15 and this came out in 12, yeah, I don't know what year Disney purchased Star Wars, but it was probably like 2012, 2013, right, somewhere yeah. in there. It was like four months, yeah, <laughs> it was, something, it was, something like that because you know these deals don't happen overnight, so they were probably already in the works. I wonder right. if, um, I wonder if they there was any talk about this not getting published because mm. you know there was. You know, because like I said, like this, that type of acquisition does not happen in a month, you know, so I'm sure early 2012 when this came out, I'm sure there was already talks going on. And I wonder if there was any, because uh, I, I did read that this book was supposed to come out a couple of years before, mm -hmm. but it ended up getting uh, shelved for a while. And I think actually the Darth Bane rule of two ended up coming out before right. this book, which kind of would make sense if you're saying that it's kind of foundational uh kind of to this book but yeah i'd be curious if if uh there was ever any discussions about this book never making it out because of the you know the impen the the pending acquisition from disney sure yeah it's also interesting that they did delay it because there I, like i can think of an example of something in here that would not have existed if this book was released in 2008 as opposed to 2012 okay um, you know the Night Sister who drops off Maul to Palpatine in this book um, and says there was another, he's a twin brother, like there's another. Right, yeah. So, I mean, I'm assuming that that's referencing to Savage Press. Mm -hmm, right. Um, and this book was written in, or released in 2012. And the Savage, first time we see Savage Press in Clone Wars, I looked it up as in 2010. Oh, so it would not have been around yet because what right, so, was it supposed to be like 2008 or something that this was supposed yeah, to originally, originally come out? this was supposed to come out in 2008 so whatever you know made it into the final version it's probably safe to assume that a lot of it was not in the initial version of the book mm -hmm. i mean that's a small example but i bet there's a lot of other things like that too right anyways um 
But yeah, for the few short months, I did look it up as well. Disney bought Lucasfilm the day before Halloween in 2012. Wow. So this I mean, was not even this a year. Was, yeah, this was canon for like nine months. Wow. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of wild. But yeah, I yeah. bet. I wonder if there was, you know, talk about it where they were like, you know what? Maybe we don't release this book. Imagine, imagine trying to find this book. That would be kind of cool, right? Where they would be like, yeah. there's this Darth Plagueis book out there. We can't even read it. <laughs> and if people are just trying to find it all over the place, that would be a, that, that'd be pretty cool Star Wars fandom lore. Yeah. I, I know the Legends series, because this is technically considered Legends, used to be Expanded Universe. Right. Now, I don't know if the Expanded Universe is, you know, when it was still a thing before it turned into Legends. Right. Was considered canon or not? I don't know. That'd be a good question. I'm sure someone probably knows the answer to that. And Vesuvi. Maybe down in... We're going to need you. <laughs> <laughs> we need you for this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, lots of cool mentions of characters in this book. Like Dooku, you mentioned Qui-Gon, Maul. Padme is in this book as a 13-year-old mm -hmm. queen at one point. Obi-Wan and Anakin at the end of the book, too. There's kind of a fun uh, scene in the epilogue where Obi-Wan and Anakin walk into the Chancellor's office and they're, you know, Obi-Wan is already scolding Anakin and yeah. Palpatine is like, good, he's already yes. getting he's already getting upset with the way his master's treating it's, it's him. It's the Mr. Burns from Simpsons. Excellent. You know, that all yes. yeah. 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 Um each of us had a favorite part of the book we wanted to share. Uh did you have anything else you wanted to touch on in regards to uh the novel before talking about our favorite parts? Well, I did want to tie it back to one other thing, and I wonder if I mean, maybe it doesn't go directly to this, but I thought it would be worth mentioning. The whole in the in the Rise of Skywalker, the whole being able to yeah. revive, you know, each other like back so and forth, back and up. forth. Is is this? You're telling me that this was it? <laughs> like the like it took <laughs> it took it took uh, Plagueis like thirty years. <laughs> to, to figure that one out, and they were able to to figure it out in one movie. So you know. I uh I'm 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 uh I'm wondering about that one. Yeah, something that took a dark lord of the Sith, you know, practically almost half his life to to get to the point where he almost mastered it. They just did it like that, like it was nothing. Right. <laughs> also, in regards to the sequels, I was going to mention uh that when it was revealed, you know, Snoke or I guess after episode 7 Walking out of the theaters, I was like, that's Plagueis. That's Plagueis. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And then it just never happened, and it was oh, like... Oh, you know? that would have been great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, thought, thought that worth uh, bringing up and mentioning as well. So, um, If I had to pick a favorite part of this book, I, me I mentioned most of them already. Um, I, I think the, the structure of the way James Luceno writes is really cool. Because the prologue of the book is um, Palpatine reflecting on killing, or Sidious reflecting on killing his master, Plagueis. The first chapter of the book is seeing how Plagueis kills his master, Tenebris. Mm -hmm. And then the last chapter of the book is yeah. actually seeing how Sidious kills Plagueis. And so, you know, these these very key crucial moments and sort of how the apprentice eventually overtakes the master are, are depicted 
at the bookend moments of lit- literally bookend moments. Um, right. So I, I think the way he writes is really cool. He infuses a lot of lore into the book, which I always love. Like there's name drops in here. Like Death Watch was another one that he name dropped mm-hmm. at one point. Um, all kinds of different species here, you know. So just his knowledge of the universe of Star Wars is, is I think, probably unmatched of any Star Wars author. Um, and then the other two things I mentioned were just the inclusion of Darth Maul and Dooku because they're right. some of my favorite characters. And especially, you know, especially Dooku, it's fun to kind of, oh, actually, I have this here too. If you're going to read this, nice. I would, I would recommend reading this first because the Dooku who is like we got, really, yeah. really so upset. Jedi certain, lost. Yes, Dooku Jedi lost. Sorry, yeah, for those that aren't watching the video version of the podcast. If you're going to read Dooku Jedi Lost, read Darth Plagueis first. Because the Dooku who's really upset in this and just does not see eye to eye with the Jedi Order, um, you get a precursor of that Dooku in Mm -hmm. here. You're like, oh, yeah, the seeds of mistrust are are really being sown. And and while this one is not as in-depth about Dooku, um, it's, you know, it, it sows the seeds, so... Anyways, right. uh, lots of different things I could pick as my favorite part, but what about you? I was surprised that it went into the same time period as The Phantom Menace. So <laughs> I, I I kind of expected this all to be something that happened before their precursor going into it. So to, to hear the names Anakin and Obi-Wan and Padme and even, you know, you know, like because th- those are early the early I mean this was even before uh Padme was the queen so even before that so I thought those was really cool and I you know I'll I'll admit the the last third of the book was my favorite obviously because of that because of more of the action you know where the first two thirds was really you know building up to that moment and and I get it that's kind of how you want to tell a story too but you know where there were moments where I kind of again dazed off and wasn't really fully attentive the last third of the book i definitely was where i'm just like yeah i remember that you know so this was happening like you said this was happening when um the the anakin i mean um obi-wan and qui-gon first were you know on the ship and you know when they get gassed and all that stuff so like okay that, that this is why that happened and to have a lot of that set up for the stories that we already know i mean you think of like rogue one you know where where you know you didn't really need that story so much, but it was really cool to get that story, and mm-hmm. ended up being some of the best Star Wars. So, um, the the story of Palpatine, because this is that's what you know, generally speaking, th- that's kind of what the story is: is the 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 story of Palpatine becoming Sidious, and where it may be called Darth Plagueis. I I, I really think that the the focal point you know ended up being more of what you know what Palpatine came to be. Spoiler alert! That's what we'll be talking about next week. But <laughs> I think the, I think the that's to see that story kind of happen over these you know over these chapters. It really it really fleshed out and made me understand his role a little bit more. Not only in the kind of the Sith world, but really in the political world, where you know maybe again not a not every Star Wars fan is interested in. But I think that it is really important why why he is so powerful, how he got to that point, and to to have that story now. I think it it makes for a great 
um, a great character. Unfortunately, not canon, <laughs> but but I think you know the the potential there was there from the beginning. So I you know and how it ties into like I said how it tied into Phantom Menace, something that's familiar, something that you know, scene by scene. You know they even man uh, mentioned a lot of Naboo and the Gungans and everything like that and. They didn't say Jar Jar's name by name, but you knew who <laughs> they, they were talking say, about. Yeah, they, they they did mention a Gungan. I forgot the 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 word they used. It was kind of like a goofy, but you know, yeah. maybe not a goofy type of Gungan. But um, it, you know, mentioning all that stuff, I I just think that, and I wonder if they do they did that because they knew he wasn't as well received in Star Wars. So they're just like, you know, we'll mention him, but not say his name. You know. <laughs> So yeah, just the just the again the interweavings to existing uh, media or ex- existing movies, uh, you know, definitely was my favorite part of it. Hashtag make uh, Darth Plagueis canon. Yep, let's do it. <laughs> you know, the other interesting thing, just as a as a side note, um, I guess this if you were to consider this book canon and not Episode One, I think technically that would mean. Maul was never a Sith Lord because I don't think he ever obtains that title at any point in the novel. Correct. Before yeah. he's before he's uh, killed, quote unquote. So right, yeah. So I, the other thing I was thinking about, I was as I was reading it, is that almost adds more irony to the moment at the end of Phantom Menace, where. Yoda and Mace are talking at the funeral of Qui-Gon with Palpatine present. And they're like, but which one was killed? The master or the apprentice? And then it sort of pans to Palpatine's face and it's like, oh, he's the master. But I think the irony of that moment, if you take the book as canon, is that Maul was technically neither the master nor the apprentice. And that it was the master who was killed in secret and now right, yeah. Palpatine has assumed the mantle of the master. So just like kind of a yeah, little bit yeah, of yeah, wordplay yeah. and something yeah, that and, I thought about. Yeah, and I was thinking about that. Like Pegos was around during Phantom Menace. Right. For the most yeah, of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's that's what that's kind of what blew my mind. I'm like, wait, Plagueis is actually around during this. Right. Basically up until the point where Palpatine is elected Chancellor. Right. Plagueis is alive in, you know, technically not canonically alive but you know if you were to match this book up with episode one Mm -hmm. legacy is alive up until like the night before uh palpatine's election to supreme chancellor which is the you know majority of the movie right like he knows about the death of uh maul when before Mm -hmm. that's right kills him so anyways uh i would i would love to see i would love to see plagueis in live action at some point Tales of the Jedi, we get oh. Plagueis. <laughs> I want, I want like a fifty episode season of Tales of the yeah, Jedi. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah, Star Wars should take a vote on that. Which one, which, <laughs> which uh, Jedi, do you want to uh, to to be featured there? Oh, that'd be great. I would love it. Well, I, honestly, like I could probably talk about this book for another hour if I wanted to. There's certainly parts that I, I'm sure we've like glanced over or missed or not mentioned um so if you've read this book and there's a part of it you're like they didn't mention it uh leave a comment down below or on one of our socials or shoot us an email we'd love to see um what you have to say uh, about the Darth Plagueis novel 
which also is a good opportunity for us to once again pose our uh, question that we're going to be asking uh, both on the YouTube community tab as well as over on X sometime this weekend after the uh, video version of the podcast goes live, or, or maybe even before. We'll have to see. Uh, check the YouTube tab or X for, for the poll. Um, but the poll or the question will be, do you have a favorite Star Wars book? And then maybe check the uh, the poll options for some of if your favorite book is in there. Uh, but even if it's not, leave a comment on the video of uh, on the video version of this podcast, letting us know what your favorite Star Wars book is. And if you haven't read any Star Wars books, um, if you've thought about reading one, or maybe even if you don't want to read any Star Wars books, let us know why uh, down in the comments as well. These these book reviews are always really fun because, like, going into them, I'm like, oh, we could probably do this in like 20 minutes. And then we start doing it, and I'm like, man, these these are the ones that we talk about the most, I feel like. So right. um, it's been a fun one. And, of course, this was episode 65 of the podcast, which means next week is uh, episode 66, the Palpy episode, as we might informally be referring, uh, referring to it as. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about all things Emperor Palpatine, Darth Sidious, good old Sheev himself. Um, actually... Side note, did you notice it didn't say the word sheave? It didn't, yeah. Anywhere you, in this entire book. Because they only referred to him as Palpatine, that's true. Yeah, even when they introduce him, they never say his first name. I thought oh, that wow. was kind of weird. But we're going to be talking about him next week, Next week, so uh, stay tuned for that. New episodes of the podcast go live every single Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern. And uh, next week, what would that be? January 25th. Episode 66, the Palpy episode, will be uh, available here on YouTube as well as any audio uh, platform you're listening to the podcast on currently. Speaking of YouTube, if you're not yet subscribed to the channel, uh, check out the video version of every Hoth Hangout podcast there, as well as Joey and I's reactions to all new Star Wars shows whenever they do go live here, uh, here on YouTube as well. Additionally, you can contact us via email. HothHangout at gmail.com is where we're reachable. Feel free to send us your Star Wars thoughts or comments or anything related or otherwise. We'd love to showcase those here on the pod. Additionally, the audio version of the Hoth Hangout podcast is available anywhere you get your pods, including Apple and Spotify. And if you're listening on a platform where you're able to leave a review, uh, leave a five-star review. We would appreciate it very much, and it allows the podcast to be discovered by other new people as well. We're also reachable on all the socials, whether it be Instagram, TikTok, or X. Remember that last one, there's going to be a poll released uh, about your favorite Star Wars book sometime in the next few days, so be on the lookout for that as well. Um, Joey, any last thoughts on... By the way, uh, Joey today, I know we mentioned it at the top of the episode, Joey today doing all the behind-the-scenes work since Gibbo couldn't be with us for this one, so um, extra shout-out to Joey, <laughs> and uh, some more love in the comments as well for, for Joey on this one, doing all the behind-the-scenes work. Yeah, th this was... yeah. This was our first like novel review, and mm -hmm. I thought you know it was a lot of fun. We you know full disclosure, Ben and I had zero prepared for this. <laughs> we we just said all right, we're just going. Normally we have a lot of bullet points if we watch uh, you know a show together. Obviously we're going to hit on certain plot points, but for this one we we decided to go old school. Gibbo wasn't here when the cat is away, the mouse will play. So <laughs> we we definitely just uh, decided just to kind of. Uh, 
shoot by the hip here and just uh, run with it. I had a lot of fun. It just reminded me of the old days of the first couple episodes of the uh, the pod here where we'd go an uh, hour and a half, but I, we didn't go that bad, though, this time around. So, <clears throat> no, this was a ton of fun, I'm, and I'm looking forward to... I don't know other novels in the future. Maybe we'll 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 uh, tackle. But yeah, this was a, this was a good one. So much much love and appreciation to James uh, Luceno. Yes. Also, full disclosure on my part, when Joey messaged me yesterday and said, "How's the book going?" I was on chapter four. Um, <laughs> so I read I read so many pages of this book today. You have no idea. And I read it on 2.25 speed on Audible. So uh, shout out to Audible. Hashtag not sponsored um, for for getting me uh, th- getting me through to the end of the dark. I didn't know you were that perfect. In a timely manner. <laughs> hey, but I finished it and you I loved it. it yeah. And uh, by the way, if anyone's never read an, an audiobook while looking at the pages, uh, two, two times speed works great when you can actually look at the words. So nice. anyways. <laughs> Uh, we made it through our first novel review. Doug Plagueis was a fun one uh, to read. Been a blast getting to talk about it here today with you, Joey. And a special shout out, even though he's not here, thank you to Gibbo the Wise, as his uh, surname now is officially being being referred to as, for producing uh, the show, the video, and the assets. And uh, without further ado, that does it for about the end uh, of today's episode, shout out to George Lucas, shout out to Dave Filoni, shout out to James Luceno for writing this incredible novel that we covered today. And uh, until next week, when we'll be covering all things Emperor Palpatine, episode 66. Until then, we'll catch you any Thursday morning at 11 a.m. E- 11 a.m. Eastern. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Hoth Hangout Podcast. We'll catch you in the next one, and may the Force be with you.